Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Welcome to another edition of Your Financial Mission, where we make sure that you're staying on track to get to and all the way through your retirement years and making the right financial decisions. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Janine Theus. She is the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, and we like to call her your financial commander here on your financial mission. You can find us online at theuswealthadvisors.com and listen to past podcasts there as well. We always try to give you the straight skinny on your financial plan here on the show, and we're going to have a little fun today. You probably saw the headline of today's show, The Retirement Gridiron. What we're going to do is compare the world of football to the world of retirement planning. And normally we'd save this conversation, Janine, for football season. But, you know, we can talk about football anytime, right? I mean, it's it's that popular. And the, you know, it's all over the news now, too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The draft was not uh, too long ago in the rearview mirror. Tom Brady pretty much stays constantly in the news anyway. So we can talk football anytime because we all want fall to get here quickly. But there are some really good planning things that we can take away from the game of football. And we're going to explore that today. First of all, we've got the red zone. So, Janine, what's the red zone in football for those who might not be as well-educated about the sport? And then what do we call Call the red zone in financial planning. So the red zone is the last 20 yards or so before you get to the end zone, and meaning that mistakes can be costly. There are no do-overs necessarily, and you, and it's important that you make the right decisions. So in retirement planning, the red zone is approximately the last five to 10 years before you retire. And guess what? Mistakes can be costly, and it's important that you make the correct decisions before you get there so that the results are, will be as you've planned them to be. And that includes the structure of your investments, which are critical because what you want to happen in retirement, which is an income stream, won't happen as you need it to if the situation isn't addressed properly. So there's a lot of research out there, and it's been out there for the last 50 years. But in, the, I would say, the 90s, Brinson B. Bauer and Singer uh, reported that 92% of a portfolio's performance will be based upon its allocation. It's important to consider that performance is important in that it includes true diversification, managing your risks, the costs, the taxes, and the withdrawal rate. So these components are critical to making your la money last as long as you do. And if you're in the red zone, you don't have the time horizon for any do-overs. So taking the risks for which you're not compensated is the danger zone. Yeah, I guess in football, it's if you make a mistake in the red zone, you're taking you know what would have been easy points. You're taking those off the board. In the financial world, it's time that's really working against you. You just don't have the time to recover from the mistakes that you make because uh, you're, you're there. You're upon retirement. You're in the red zone. Don't make any mistakes when you get to that point in time. 
So right. you, you've got to refocus your mentality when you get there and make sure that you're getting the right guidance. I think that's uh, one of the big takeaways. So you get five, 10 years away from retirement or even closer than that. Uh, really make sure that you're getting the right kind of advice and guidance. In football, we also see the hurry-up offense, where uh, I guess this is what, in the in the fourth quarter, you need to play a little bit of catch-up. Uh, what, what do we need to know about the hurry-up offense in football and also in retirement planning? Well, a lot of people who uh, feel that they are behind in their planning might be tempted to take more risk to close that gap or the gap of where they think they should be. And that can be a dangerous temptation. So let's go back to the last answer. Taking risks for which you are not compensated is a dangerous game. So what does that mean? You're on the one-yard line in football and you decide to run the ball around the end. Might work. Probably won't. Or pass the ball on the one-yard line. We saw that in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, in baseball parlance, it's the home run. You're, You're looking for that home run another sports analogy, the, the big hitter. So you're looking for the stock that outperforms or the stock that's going to be the winner or the fund that's already gotten its five stars. And here's the interesting thing. Wall Street knows that you're going to try to make that play, which is why they entice you with all the financial media. So if you want to gamble a handful of dollars, fine, on a, you know, a stock tip, but don't gamble the money you need in retirement. And catching up can only happen if you stick to the long-term strategy of prudent investing, saving more, and maybe not necessarily in your 401k, but also giving yourself wiggle room for emergencies and liquidity. I know we're talking football analogies here, but since you brought up baseball and the big hitters, the consequence is a lot of the times you strike out when you go for that big home run. It's great when you get it, but most of the time you're striking out, you know, swinging for the fences like that. And while a baseball player might be able to live through those ups and downs, uh, the same can't really be said for your portfolio. That's right. And when I have someone ask me, hey, can you give me a, what do you think about futures or what do you think about commodities or these kinds of things? I always look at them and especially if they're over 60 and say, why don't we take a look at your spending habits? Because we can probably save you more on the spending habits versus trying to get the big hitter. Yeah. Or the two are connected. You don't, you don't have a tax strategy and that's where you probably have a lot more room for improvement compared to trying to eke out an extra percent or two, you know, in a more risky investment. Why don't we see what we can easily improve first before we go for the home runs? Let's get the singles and doubles first, right? To continue to use the baseball analogy. That's good. Yeah. Uh, At the end of a football game, you will often see a team, and then the broadcasters will say, they're entering into the victory formation at the end of the game. Why do they enter the victory formation? What does that look like on the field and also in a portfolio? Well, typically one of the victory plays is is to run out the clock. So you take the knee and you just run out the clock and you don't care about gaining more yards. You care only about holding on to the ball. In retirement planning, you need to stop worrying about getting more money and just be sure you don't lose what you have. So that takes some discipline and some patience. The important part is to design the portfolio that puts you in the victory formation, which has to do with global diversification, proper allocation, um, and uh, turn it into the income stream that can support the withdrawal rate that you need over a long time horizon. So for example, an example, a case study that I often hand out in my classes is how do you start 
with, and we'll use a large number, $700,000 portfolio, and then take out $500,000 over 15 years and still have roughly $700,000. Most people can't, or, you know, they, they can't get their minds wrapped that around math, that, but it can be done. That math doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the initial yeah. reaction. Yeah, that, that doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. How is that possible? Um, but it can be done with proper diversification, structure, and planning, and minimizing the risk. So the key to this formation is patience and discipline. Well, that, that correlates very well, because like the victory formation, you're giving up yardage. You're hiking the ball, and then you're just kneeling down on the ground, and you're, you're taking two or three steps back and not trying to go forward, kneeling down, yet you're going to win the game. The score stays the same. Same idea with putting together a portfolio that is allowing you to withdraw but stay at the same overall wealth 20, 30 years down the line. Those two That's seem right. to fit together nicely, I think. Uh, last analogy that we'll compare between the game of football or really any sport here. We can brawn it out in case we're offending any, uh, you know, any any fans of uh, hockey here, or you know, people want more baseball analogies or whatever it might be. Good coaches make a difference. Maybe that seems obvious, but it's worth repeating, worth bringing up. Coaches, I mean, just look at as much as you may hate them, potentially the the New England Patriots, that coaching makes a big difference and is why they're a big competitor year after year after year and uh, able to beat out the rest of the, the NFL and the rest of the league. And I'd imagine good coaching makes a difference when it comes to putting together a financial plan, too. Absolutely. So let's talk about coaching in general. Does anybody really think that Michael Phelps could have gotten to the top by himself? He's a talented swimmer. He's got the body type, but every single top athlete, just as every top performer in the arts and business, has a coach. In teams like football, the head coach sets the tone and the direction, and specialty coaches address specific areas of training and performing. So I was a competitive athlete for years. I read the material, understood the biomechanics, knew the physiology, trained myself and some others, and competed. But hiring a coach jumped me to a much higher level of performance because he could see what I could not. And that's because I was in the picture. So when it comes to investing, retirement, money decisions, there are emotional connections that often prevent objectivity. Many people who go it alone might do well in the accumulation phase, which is, you know, the first 30 to 40 years of your savings and working life. But moving into the decumulation phase is a completely different game. So can you maintain your objectivity and control your emotions when there's a market downturn, especially a significant one? You're taking distributions. You're 70. Your wife just passed away. And you experienced a mild heart attack. All these life events can affect you significantly, and they will affect your portfolio if you don't understand how that should work. So some folks do have financial advisors but they don't understand what they have because the discussions don't center on the science and research or strategy. Instead, they may revolve around what the brokerage firm has trained the broker or agent to say or do, which perpetuates the myths and agendas of the Wall Street media machine. I recently met an advisor who told me he was courted by a money manager who told him to throw as much information as possible at the prospect or client hmm. to make himself look smart, which would intimidate the person. Wow. I can tell you for a fact, this happens, or women feel this happen uh, happens a lot, and it alienates them, so they remain silent, so they don't get their questions answered. 
and this is really key, so the coach that you choose or the advisor that you choose has to help you understand what, why, and how of what you're doing and fit the investment and money decisions into the larger context of life itself. And I would imagine that that's the kind of coaching, that's the kind of planning that you do at Theus Wealth Advisors every day for people? Yes. It's a holistic look at the bigger picture and where does this fit and what are we trying to accomplish? What's the solution we're seeking? And I have folks come in that do have great savings and it's kind of all over the map. And we start to look at how to coordinate and integrate the decisions which are just as important as the portfolios themselves. Well, if you need that kind of coaching when it comes to your financial plan, you're not getting nudged in the right directions, you're not getting pushed in the areas where you have weaknesses and where your strong suits uh, aren't apparent, uh, you might need that financial coach on your side. You might need that financial commander, as we like to call Janine Theus here on Your Financial Mission, and you can get in touch with her very easily. We make it easy. All you have to do is call 443 443- 718-6310 and uh, speak with Gracie and she'll get you set up for a time to come in and meet. That's 443-718-6310. And of course, you can also just get in touch through the website, theuswealthadvisors.com. That's theuswealthadvisors.com. That's also where you can go to listen to past podcasts and where we'll post future ones as well. Before we wrap up for the week, Janine, you mentioned the competitive uh, athletic nature that you had in your past. What sports did you excel at? Where did you uh, reach high levels in? Well, I was a swimmer in high school, and then I uh, transitioned over to being a runner, running cross-country and track in college, and then became quite a competitive middle-distance runner afterwards in my Navy years. And then I moved into triathloning in the early 90s, which is uh, right about when that whole sport started to take off. And that was with four very young children. So so my priority was really <laughs> with the kids, but I really loved it. So, you know, I did that for a number of years, and um, now I'm just happy to keep moving. <laughs> right. Now, just as long as one foot goes in front of the other, you're, you're happy right. at this point. I'm hitting the pool, and I'm hitting the bike, but no more running for me. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, that's interesting to know, though, because that gives you good perspective into, like, the Michael Phelps example and, and knowing what it takes to be a successful swimmer and, and honing in the technique and, and what, you know, the difference between a tenth of a second can mean or even a hundredth of a second can mean in your performance and your time and, you know, even just the, the slightest changes can have a big impact on the overall improvement and uh, that's always I think an important perspective to keep in mind so that's uh, that's pretty cool. Well, this is going to conclude our podcast this week on your financial mission. But don't worry, we've got another great episode coming up next week. In fact, we're going to talk about where you stand with your financial plan. What do I mean? Well, I think you could probably say that everybody fits into one of four categories in what your goal is, what you're striving for in retirement. Kind of what stage are you at? Are you just trying to get to retirement? Are you already past that and you're trying to make sure you can stay retired? Or are you just trying to make sure you can stay financially independent your entire life? Is that what is truly important in your plan? We'll talk about what's important to people and then how that shapes the planning process on the next podcast. So be sure to tune back in and join us for that one. For Janine, I'm Walter, and we'll look forward to chatting with you on the next time on Your Financial Mission.